podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. This is Good Brothers Podcast featuring Justice Raji and I Majestic. Two good brothers. Let's get into the show. Peace. Uh, I'm Majestic. What's happening, my brother? What's good, family? What's good? What's good? Oh, man, you know, um, a little bit of everything. Just, uh, you know, when we was talking, building a little earlier, just went out and uh, put some world, world work in this morning and, uh, you know, um, listen to a couple podcasts. So, you know, share some of those um, coming up in the future. I think that have been uh, have been instructive. I've been running with podcasts on instead of music on a long day, actually. Because mm-hmm. um, it changes your cadence, right? It changes your running up, right? Yeah. You're not running according to the energy or lack thereof of a song, but you're running according to like, almost like listening level, listening pace. So, you know, that's pretty much it with me. Uh you talking about this uh this tea, man. Tell me about this tea a little bit. Uh what was this? Some it's a moringa revealed, you know, a little uh moringa leaf and and, and I, I think that's just about it. And uh I, I had a I had a glass, I had a box of it, I guess, and I was like, you know, got a lot of tea in the house. I got a whole drawer of tea and I be I don't go through, we don't go through it fast enough. So I was gonna make some coffee, but I said, you know, I, I need to pivot. And because I had some moringa powder that I make, and we got, I also have <laughs> moringa salve that we that that uh, that's made from uh from the moringa leaf at our, mm. our grandparents' um, old place. So it's a lot of moringa in my life. Yeah, time, yeah. but I I, but I, you know, you know, but I was like, let me let me sip some of this tea and get my you know get our uh, my morning going, you know, in, in a different way. So no, yeah, dig yeah. that, dig that. So um. Speaking of that, because it is actually that kind of leads us in, because you know the interesting thing about you know moringa as as a as a tea product, there's a lot of like malungai is what's called in uh, in, in uh, Tagalog. Um, there's another name I can't remember, but there's several different communities, cultures around the world that engage with the moringa tea, right? right. So I don't know who made it fresh in America or whatever, but um, you know what I'm saying, or when it became a superfood to people. But the <laughs> you know the reality sometimes when we talk about a global perspective and I think what we um, have been adding on about uh, uh, Spark by you uh, passing to me or or for suggesting to me to check out the uh, Anelka Misunderstood uh, doc which is on Netflix um, yeah. and and so that that sparked uh, especially in this this time right now. Where, where folks are having a, I don't know, it's almost, I, I, I guess maybe I say, I guess it's, it's like an existential crisis of blackness. Mm. And, and like, 
I'm black, but I'm black this way, and uh, or I'm not black at all. Um, there's other, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a uh, America African descendants slaves. Yeah. Um, um, I am a, I'm a I'm a more, which ain't really a new thing. People saying they more, but I'm just saying that seems to be back in vogue. Uh, the you know what I'm saying um, brothers that deal with certain perspectives of the Israelite culture, so to speak, <laughs> or as they call mm-hmm. it. Um, they 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 have a particular uh concept you know and then this uh this idea of of self de- of definition of self though I, I think is where i'm you know was was tagging me so um could you give you know me or or share just like your thought on on sort of the the idea of like a, a global citizen or or what have you yeah i mean i think it's it's um and, and another part of that that you I think you brought up that you know you, you hear it and is in this conversation about um, Kamala Harris and this idea of this person being quote unquote Jamaican and Indian, but then people were like, but how is she black, right? And then so there's a couple parts of that that I think we mm-hmm. should talk about. One, there's the um, the idea of identification in an American context, right? Of you're born here, your people speak this kind of thing, you people perceive at least one parent to be from some form of global diaspora of blackness, right? Mm-hmm. And that normally is the traditional way we'll define somebody as being black. Now, obviously, right. there's new that's nuanced and it, and it should be interrogated, right? And in some mm-hmm. senses, it can be all inclusive to the point where we minimize some of the other cultures, right. That people have. Um, But that just is generally the idea of what we understand that. And then there's the part of that that goes into participation and what I'm going to call black shit. (laughs) Right. So, (laughs) you know, when somebody, and, and again, this is, I think this is a little different today with, the agglomeration of global culture and agglomeration of black culture as pop culture. Um, but mm-hmm. there was a time when black culture was not pop culture, right? That it became, that it would become pop culture, but that it was not pop culture. So my point is, if you grow up in South Berkeley or East Oakland, um, you know, listening to Too Short, when, you know, when Felix Mitchell is selling drugs and you know what I mean? People doing sideshows, right. And you're going to the festival by the park and by the lake and all this kind of stuff. And then you go to Howard, you know, and you're on Georgia Avenue and you're, and you become part of one of our HBCUs. You see what I'm saying? Then you're getting into black shit. Yeah. And so, so not only did you have this, idea this you know kind of ancestor from what someone could call the diaspora of blackness then you actually started engaging in black stuff right so that's one part of this concept that i think we we have a conversation about that i think we don't you know traditionally we haven't had to debate that or we haven't had to parse through that conversation that now we have to a little more but I think it's good to have the nuance to say, here's what we mean when we say this, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, well, and it's, it's been a, 
it's been a challenging thing over the last few years for me because it's like the uh is is that people as if you you thought that folks had come to some not so much consensus but maybe something close to a consensus right around like it's like no actually like all right word up you know if you've ever taken a, a black consciousness, black studies kind of one-on-one class at a college, right? Now, I know everybody didn't go to college, but I know a lot of people have, take, have taken a class that maybe didn't finish college, right? Or right, they, right. They, they, got, they had at least had a, they had a nephew or a cousin or somebody that went to the class. And, they, you know, if you grab, was, you know, and I, don't, I know how people feel about Milana Karinga, some people, mm. but if you look through his book, <laughs> right, <laughs> which I have a lot of problems with his uh you know with, with that with that 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 uh that particular text um but you know it 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 has some grounding at least giving you a spread of thought around um a diversity of ideas of blackness <laughs> right you know what i mean that but anyway so if you took a survey and you look through that and you survey you know you go okay well yeah we 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 have hard you know reasonable evidence that you have a a global population that is quite massive of people who are descendants of a particular um, world occurrence, right? Right. And and also, in many senses, you could think of as as the as the the sort of the riders of the storm of of a of a global sort of you know global social economic change in the way trade, commerce, everything is structured, right? And so that is you know deposited these folks who have common threads, but then have these divergent realities. You know what I mean? That have been reshaped by where they live and where they're part of. And so, you know what I'm saying? If you, uh, and, and nuance that if you get, then get into the weeds, even within those perspective places. So if the um, experience in, you know, from Brazil, the difference between Bahia and Rio de Janeiro, right? right. Uh, the um, Venezuela versus uh, Colombia. Right. Know what I'm saying? And then the experience within those lands of people who may, um, uh, you'll be able to send the threads. The the, the experience of our, our Haitian, uh, you know, brothers and sisters, and you know, props to them on the Haitian Revolution, um, which was just you know a few days ago, the anniversary, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, yeah, you know I'm saying, and then you get into the weeds of uh, of the revolution, even right. You see all these. You see then a divergent thread of folks who you would assume, you would look at and go, they're both they're all black, but like you have folks who was freed earlier, or like you had you had these real these ill complexities. Mm. Um, so then you get to to the now and like folks are going back to something I I I thought we we would let go of, and since like kind of like is this person really? a part of our community, you know what I'm saying? Now I'm all we all aware of the everybody that's just skin folk ain't kin folk, you know, con- concept and that's real. Like I know what that's about, you know what I mean? But that also is is a a discussion about, you know, sort of people's, you know, vision and philosophy in real time when you're supposed to when you may think you're in community with them. Right. Right. Um and then uh it even something that was interesting raised just to juxtapose into this. Um, I was listening to um I think it was Thursdays, Bomani Jones and uh, uh Donnie uh Foxworth. And he was talking about Clarence Thomas for a minute. And it was and, and, and the point he made was that, you know, we might think of Clarence Thomas like Clarence Thomas likes, you know, you know, quote unquote, you know, white America more so 
than black people, right? Um, you know, but then also Clarence Thomas is from I think he said Pinpoint, Georgia, right? Mm. And it and it and it's basically Clarence Thomas ain't had no experience that would make you think he was endeared to the to the to the realities of sort of uh, you know the the dominant power dynamics of the United States. Although that don't necessarily mean how he sees the world, right? And his the philosophies he has adopted means that he, you know, will will suddenly embrace whatever we might consider, you know, a broader, you know, black perspective. Right. And so what's wrong with that is the realities of like where people are from, how they show up. And then who they, what they choose, you know, are all sort of a part of what we would consider a black identity. It's like you, depending on your, your, your skin tone and part of the country and other stuff, you know, you, you, you may assume certain things about people, but in reality, till you really know their story, you know, it, it, it's a real weird exercise when you're trying to X people out. <laughs> right. Um, and, 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 or, not seeing and embracing like, yo, actually, you know, their, their experience is, is a, is a valid experience, right? That is an experience. Like you didn't know about that experience. You didn't see that experience, something that was akin to you. You know what I mean? But their experience was very, um, you know, right in line. And, and so when we started, when I started checking out, you know, Anelka and, and, and the ill thing is that first of all, son's nice. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I was looking, I was like, how do I know about Paul? And then I'm like, realized, like, oh, I have seen you before. <laughs> I just didn't, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I didn't watch all of the soccer in the, in the late 2000s. I watched, you know, like the World Cup a couple times and stuff, right. but I didn't have TV like that back then. It's different times, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but I, I had seen him before, but I didn't, you know, remember his name and other things. And then I'm like, oh, he heard with, 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 with um, you know, Terry Henry and shit. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like, damn. So, you know, it's a, it's, it was a different lens, but it was a system of reality very akin to, you know, the modern athlete in America that's playing basketball or football, right? Where you got these, you got all these systems built around your talents, right? And finding your talents. Right. And then finding a way that if you start to profit from your talents, that other people profit too. <laughs> right. Which, which, is 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 a and then with that you move into that world where folks all of the all the negative assumptions especially about your motivations you know become something that can be um you know operated against you and and within that you you're trying to you know make your decisions um and, in a space where folks don't totally understand your perspective and they make a lot of assumptions about you. And before we get all into that, because where, where I was originally going, though, was also was just the, I'm not sure how, how did we get to this sort of re, re-litigation of blackness? <laughs> well, that's know? what I'm saying. I think we, we got there because I think there was generally held premises by the cultural community and even the academic community. Right. Like the, the mix mm-hmm. of like the, the cultural community of what people saw as blackness and then kind of like. What the, the kind of campuses, which I think were impacted by the cultural community, right, what people saw. And then I just think we went from there back to like. 
debating the entire concept when we started kind of going into reparations and people started well, reparations, who gets them, right? So, so um, originally you're just having this idea. You're saying, okay, well, black folks deserve reparations. Well, then, well, who gets the reparations? And well, then only these people should get it because these people didn't have this experience and they weren't, you know, truly black. They aren't black in America and, and all this kind of goofy shit, right? And so mm-hmm. I think, but my point about the, the black experience in America and the uniqueness of it and how different it is in different parts of America, then connected to a global context of blackness that in some senses has to do, may not always have to do with explicit chattel slavery, mm-hmm. but it has to do with capitalism. It has to do with race as a social construct and then as a practical thing, right? Because as much as people want to talk about race as a, so, a social construct, right? Well, it becomes real when you, when, when, when racism occurs. Right. So, so it's all, <laughs> right. It's all it's true that it's a social construct until you get beaten in the head because of it. Right. Then right. it ain't just a social construct. It's a real thing that's occurring to you. So, yeah, then you start to connect to this idea of race and race and culture intertwined. But you don't have the global experiences to, to really say to, to to connect those things. I think in the 60s, 70s, less so in the 80s and stuff. But you started seeing black folks in America really connect with global blackness, to your point. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. you don't have those same conversations today, even though you have many more people who identify in the global context of blackness in America now, right? But they may not have the traditional African American experience, right? Mm-hmm. So you might have some Jamaicans from Belize, right, in LA, mm-hmm. right? Or you got the Panamanians who speak Spanish, but were the descendants of Jamaican sharecroppers who went to the canal. Mm-hmm. Right, they have a different culture, but that's global blackness. It just didn't have its root in America. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It even had yeah. its root in in in, the, in chattel slavery or in the the shipping of people, but it didn't have its explicit American experience. Which is why I thought Anelka, going back to this, is so important because you're watching a a, a masterful soccer player who, if you just inserted, you could be like that was Iverson. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you just inserted yeah. an extremely talented dude that's from the Banyuls in the suburbs of Paris and whose family, you know, they call like a clan, right? But in a negative sense, that y'all are all too close and that your brothers yeah. are ruining your career. Think about how many basketball players we've said the same thing about. Right. Think right. about how many football players we've said the same thing about, how many rappers we've said the same thing about, that the crew, the group around you are the people ruining your life. Right. And so but you're just seeing it in a French context. And so as I'm watching it, like, man, we miss the global understanding of blackness, having these particular fights or not having nuanced conversations about the specific American context and how it relates to a global context. So Anelka then goes through. I mean, he plays with all the teams. Right. Like, I mean, the fact you play with PSG, you know, Paris St. Germain, the fact you play with Manchester City. Right. And beat my favorite team, Manchester United, over and over again. But you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like you're playing, you're playing with all the team Real Madrid, like you're playing with these global heavyweights. And I say that global heavyweights. Right. Because as soon as you get off these borders, as soon as you get out this border and even some places in these borders, but definitely when you get out of these borders, you recognize that soccer is football is the global sport. You know yeah. what I mean? When I was when I was in Geneva, 
All I saw was jerseys from Manchester City, Manchester United, Paris St. Germain, Juventus. Like, this is real Madrid, Barca. This is what you see. And this is what you see black people wearing. You know what I mean? Like, you might see people wearing a LeBron jersey or, you know what I mean? Like, you'll see some of that. But in a global context, these these brothers and these people of varying degrees of, of, of course, being original people, but also specifically black people, are the people who are being followed. Right. And so when you don't make that connection, you miss this. Com- you miss it. And that's why you have a debate over Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. because you don't understand that the same thing is happening to soccer players over here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think that 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 was a real, really important part of it. And I'm watching it. And like, again, even going back to this conversation, his family was from Martinique. Right. It was from Martinique and then went to France. And so even him bonding himself back, like, yo, at the end of the day, we're West Indian. And that was another big piece to me. And I want you to, you know, kind of get your perspective on this too. That he had multiple identities. And and I feel like in America, we don't allow blackness to be seen through multiple identities. Yeah. No, no, no. We, I, I would say we, we 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 actually we tend to and somehow I'm gonna say this. I, I, I my experience is that we thread to a a single start point, and so we'll go like, "Oh, you Black America," and then like, "Okay, you from down south, right?" And so then like the down south becomes a like that's you you are from this amalgam of whatever down south means right right so you're not maybe going you know like in my case you're my grandfather's from garner <laughs> you know what i'm saying north carolina you know what i mean in, in in those environments my other side of the family's out of in the darlington south carolina area and then another thread is like west like virginia but probably lynchburg and west virginia you know what i'm yeah. saying like and then, and then, and a lot of black go, folks that come from West Virginia, because I think we sometimes we be acting like ain't no black folks in West Virginia. Yeah, it's a whole lot of black folks, and a lot of black folks who left West Virginia to go east or go north, north. to other places yeah. to the point where we don't think like Luke, like uh, Brother Sullivan from OIC, yeah. like he was from West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, like and and then you and then and then you thread it, and then you go, oh, okay, wait, wait, wait even within the context of them, them spaces. And some of that is, you know, you got one piece, you don't have, you have limited access to information, right? So you have, you don't may not have the time to, to, to order good fortune that you have confined some other documentation or something that can, you know, or someone that remembers the stories that could say also though, your, my grandfather used to say that his dad was from you know i mean he came here like he showed up on a i don't know on a boat or some shit or he was like right like, right why, why was he on a boat and then, then and then you could put together like oh man maybe his pops was you know brought you know brought over in a late trade or you know or you know i mean maybe they like there's a whole lot of other contexts that could have could that could occur right from folks who escaped you know what i'm saying and then ran in nova scotia or some shit you know what i'm saying or was right. in uh ontario or or uh um, you know, if they was uh coming over from you know folks that that uh when 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 the Haitian Revolution happened and they ended up in New Orleans and and even a city like New Orleans, right, where which I I got to get to, but where folks 
you know, the city of New Orleans is older than the, than the, the nation state of the United States, right? It, it, it right. has its own thread of development that is not based totally in whatever we would ascribe to U.S. ideas, which is also then part of the rub <laughs> where, you know, structural pivotal challenges and also treatment, right? So mm. America itself is always, our country and sort of the dominant, you know, you know, political has always has had this thread of like legitimacy and trying to establish that it is the right way, right? Mm. And so with that, you know, when we get into this like integration, not integration, or joining the mainstream, like the, the, the back part of that is this nation state is always trying to, and there's people who are always fighting, which was which made the whole thing in the last couple of years around like, oh, well, the, this party is too into identity politics and that party's not, it. it's all lies. Everything's an identity. <laughs> right. Everything is tied into how people perceive themselves in the world and then what they need to do to keep that, to to affirm and lay down to the sustaining that world, that worldview of themselves. And depending on where you sit in relation to power to impose or put your ideas into action, right? Cause you can impose your ideas and you can also put your ideas in action, which aren't the same thing. Some people have the power to impose their ideas. Other people have to, you know, you have the power to like impact your own space, but you can't really impose them on anyone else, you know, so much. Um, so when you look at somebody um, like Anelka, Right. So we from our lens could go like, oh, he's like, a, you know, you, you might you might hit him with the racial ambiguous. Right. Because he's dark, but his beard hair looks this way and it kind of got a weird accent and he speaks French. Right. So since you speak French, since you speak French, I don't think you're actually like us if you're an American. Right. African-American. Right. Most of the time you're going to be like, well, you speak French. So, you know, you want some French stuff. You know what I'm saying? The same way we look at people that look exactly like us, but they speak Spanish. And we'll be like, oh, well, you know, you, you speak Spanish. It's like. Damn, it's a language. <laughs> like, like they, can be, they can speak. There's thousands of languages on the planet, right? But in any event, and then you go, okay, you know. And I've had the good fortune to go to Martinique, which was, was really dope, you know. And Martinique is like a part of the French uh, state. I forget how it's perfectly correct, you know, the exact you know legal concept. But if you you know born in Martinique, you can go. You know what I'm saying? And those families that go and work and and or do business or whatever. In France, um, you know, because similar to, um, I think I think the structure is similar to like Puerto Rico and the U.S. government, where it's like a territory. But I don't totally remember. Okay. Um, uh, and you know, you have folks that Puerto Rican are Puerto Rican brothers and sisters that are U.S. citizens. You know, what I'm saying they're part of the U.S. thing, but they also is like a territory. And they, some folks, some folks stay, some folks come to the states. Right. You know, that's that's how they you know find your opportunity or do what you need to do, and. When you when you get into like you know you are yourself right you you're born you you're the, you're the, you're the child of, of, of your parents and your family right and then so that's one layer then where are you from right so I'm, I'm you know we are both born in the Delaware Valley you on on the on the west side of the river <laughs> me on the right. east side of it so to speak uh, you know I'm born on the, in Trenton. And then, so then I have, I have a Trenton layer of, of, of experience and understanding. And then I have a Willenboro layer of experience and understanding. And then I have an overall New Jersey and where my family was at, uh, layers of how I perceive what's normal for people to do or what things are important or what's curious. Right. And when you, if in that experience, right, where I grew up, 
around, you know, folks who were considered of traditional African-American folks. I grew up around Haitian and Jamaican folks. Uh, I grew up around, and then, you know, a few other, you know, you know, Puerto Rican, Dominican, a couple other, you know, you know, cultural groups. Woo, woo, woo. If it doesn't, it doesn't track, I don't have an experience of feeling not with those people. But then when I would meet people who did not grow up around anybody who who saw themselves that way, right, they go like, oh, well, you know, they do this, they do that. And it's like, well, I mean, I, I mean, it ain't really that weird. It is not as weird as people will talk to you about it. <laughs> Right, they'll be like, oh, but well, they eat this different food. I'm like, well, it's not really that much different. I mean, it's got some different spices and these other things, but it's actually the same food, you know, it's in the same, you know, if we was doing a phylum, you know what I mean, uh, uh, what do you call it with the the, the uh, species and whatnot. Yeah. Like, it would be like, yeah, it's a, it's a leafy green, some form of protein, rice, or, <laughs> or, a, or a potato or a yam, you know what I mean, or a sweet potato. Like, right. these ain't, these, these are actually similar constructs of how to organize food because it's coming from people who have a common root, at least a part of their line, you know what I'm saying, in terms of the, of the broader African diaspora. But you, for the same reason that, you know, this country will embrace the idea of, like, not not anything like, oh, don't, don't do anything that makes it seem too European, you know what I'm saying, even though you got these people that are from Europe. <laughs> right. Right, right, but they will work real hard to be like, but we're not, you know, we're we're over here. Type but meanwhile, but, but but championing everything that came from the motherland, right? So yeah. <laughs> to to your point, championing everything that came from Ireland, championing everything that came from Italy, but then this country being like, don't you know, we we don't eat French fries, so you you know what I mean? We freedom fries, like, <laughs> freedom fries. We, you know what I'm saying? So so, but I think that's what happens. It rubs off on us in the context of this identity and mm-hmm. missing and, and again because all right because you didn't grow up you grew up in a place where they had put these rims up because james naismith was a good communicator and next thing you know they were in every ymca right mm-hmm. that's why you like it that's why you like basketball because they figured out how to put them up in every ymca and every you know it was a christian benevolent organization that then showed up everywhere mm-hmm. right like <laughs> it's not complicated it's the, you know what I mean? Like black folks at one point were really good at baseball. Nate, quote unquote, ADOS or native born black folks in America were really good at baseball. And then we started doing something else. It's not that baseball is more or less, you know, a black sport. It's not. It's, it's the only the conversation of what you've been exposed to. So because we don't have this global sense and we don't have, uh, you know, and I say this about a lot these days, we're ahistorical. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, 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 and we revel in being ahistorical because the information we're receiving and our processes always feed our fast twitch ideas. Nothing feeds the slow intake of information and the slow understanding and process of history, which should inform how you see a, a, a present day context. It's always informed by the short term response of being dif- of difference. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, this idea of like, you know, these these narcissistic definitions of things based on small differences. You know what I mean? And it, and it creates this navel gazing that we do so that we miss something like Anelka and, and Nico, you know, Nico Anelka and see that the same things are happening to black folks in France. So why is the same thing happening to the sports guy in France that's happening here? 
right? What like what would be the difference? Even though they're playing drastically different sports, mm-hmm. you're still seeing the same thing. You're still even seeing someone like Melo, unless you didn't get brought back. You know, Dame didn't go to bat for him. Who would have been out the league? Yep, a guy that drops twenty would have been out the league. That wasn't an accident, right? Like, what do you mean he wasn't good enough to play for any team? He's clearly good enough to play for the Blazers who were in the playoffs. Yeah. Right? So we can just see that the same things are occurring. But I think, you know, also, going back to this idea of blackness, that they don't define it like that per se. But you can see them being like, hey, man, I'm from I'm from where I'm from in uh, in Paris. And, I, you know, listen, I just don't give a damn. <laughs> like, like, I'm going <laughs> my way. I'm going to be the best. I, I don't really get into the French you know, the, the government's idea of propriety. And then, you know, a lot of this stuff, the soccer teams, how they want to deal with players and all that kind of stuff. I'm not really into that either. And guess what? I've made a lot of money. And so I don't really care. Right. And so, right, right, right. And I'm watching it. He's like, yeah, I'm living in Dubai, teaching my kids to play soccer. So I'm like, dang, first of all, Slim is extremely unbothered. <laughs> like, he's extremely <laughs> unbothered. Like, whatever. Y'all got rid of me. I don't care, man. Like, you know, I made my money. I, I, I did the way I did it, and y'all made a mistake, right? Yeah. I was misunderstood by this government, and y'all made a mistake, but there's a global sense of being misunderstood. And when you separate that global sense of being misunderstood, you actually miss the bigger picture and a whole host of other things that come. One of the other things that's interesting, and I'll get into, before I get into the Stormzy conversation, is if you think about right now how what we call like African music, quote unquote, Afrobeat, even though it's not really traditionally Afrobeat, right? It's actually like the <laughs> reggaeton, it's like a reggaeton beat. Yeah. Which, yeah, itself, yeah. which itself was, again, Panamanians doing, sp- speaking Spanish over a reggae beat because they were descendants of Jamaicans who were the Panama Canal. So reggaeton is explicitly a kind of a fusion of, of the black diaspora, right? That then becomes the backbeat for African music mm-hmm. <laughs> globally. That then now is accepted more in America. You see what I'm saying? Right. So we'll see all these things occur, but then still have debates about blackness. Yeah. Right, and, and, and it's a it, it's a it's a it's a a limiting right of how you see the like it's like you have to almost intentionally not try to see the threads right because then you have and and I think you know and I'm you know you know beehive you know do what you got to do but um, a criticism <laughs> you know of beyond and I haven't watched the new thing I'm watching but I've seen some clips. Um or whatever, you know, of like bringing in some of that energy, like yeah. into what she does, right? Yeah. And so there's some people that see that as like she's kind of taking, like, you know, which I think any great artist at that level does is they go, oh, I need to, I need to stay current. Let me pull in what new, what, what the new people doing. Like, what's the new right. thing people right. into? Let me see how I can flip and bounce with that. Like, especially you know from where she does from the kind of music she makes, right? Um, 
you know, and it's a, it's a, you know, to me, it's a fair criticism, but it also, you know, I'm also not one that doesn't see criticism as a bad thing. Criticism is me getting good feedback. Um, the, uh, but the idea that, like, yo, actually, you got, you have, you got this music that we call hip hop that, in many ways, you know, what I'm saying was, uh, in was an inspired turn that deals with not just culture but also technology and access. Yes, right by the very nature of it. Yeah, right. So then you, so then, so then it becomes this, you know, and then it blows, it becomes this world phenomenon. It goes out, other people hear it. This uh, for some people is the first time they seen us in a long time. And they're like, oh snap, look at them. They look like us. They over there doing this, man. And it's beats and people, kids is dancing and the, and then they're, they're talking fast and they're talking about all sorts of like you know social political things. Sometimes stuff that ain't so deep. Sometimes that's super deep. You know what I mean? And then, but then folks. And then and then they're pulling up, you know, rhythms and pieces and parts of all these different musics that some of us like. So then you but you can get into a place where like, you know, you don't you may not know about like the, you know, the um what's it, you know, uh, the Afro Cuban All Stars, you know what I'm saying, doing uh, you know, what we would consider like Cuban style music, but all the lyrics are in Wolof, you know what I'm saying? Like right. it's and, and the structures are, you know. Are, are are even not that the music in Cuba is not connected to the diaspora, but like like it's like going over there, come back to where some of those people may have been from and, and on an ancestral level, and then it's getting this other layer, and then it's going back over there, right? You know, so there's these exchanges going on. And we we especially I, I feel especially in America, <laughs> in the United States, we are pushed to only think of the world as the United States. Right. So we and we and we can get incentivized to to not connect with a global blackness. Right. So we will just go like, no, nah, no, nah, man. I mean, like, that's cool what them people's doing. But, you know, I'm just like African-American, man. You know, I want to listen, listen to some blues. And it's like the blues is one of the most African things <laughs> in the history right. of the universe. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, yeah, it's ours, but it also is rooted in constructs and ideas about music and an experience that. We, there's a reason other people resonate with that, right? So, yeah, but I wanted to pass it back to you. Because you no, no, no. So I just think that it's an important part of this conversation in a broader sense to be able to make these links. And I think for me, you can get it in America because you can look at all this stuff enough. And, and one final thing I'll say, this is interesting. When you think about when people say down south, like now we use foodstuffs, we know that the culture of what we call down south food is an amalgamation itself of um, African, indigenous, and some white cooking techniques. Mm-hmm. Largely African, but substantially indigenous. You know what I mean? Like, the idea of barbecue didn't come from Africa, even though they barbecue in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> but it had its, it had its root. It, it, in its American context, it had its root here, right? Mm-hmm with the native people of this land. And so I just think it's important for us to think about that when we look at other cultures doing something like, oh, okay, that's that's almost like European or that's this. Well, even what you call being from down south is still an amalgamation of culture. You know what I mean? And, and different things were brought in by different people, right? When you're down to south and you're eating French bread, right? Mm-hmm. Or and with a pate on it and you just call him the po' boy. Right. <laughs> by very nature, Slim, you yeah, it's a New Orleans sandwich, but by very nature, that's also a global sandwich. Yeah. 
right? That then also makes sense when you say, well, who else is eating a sandwich with a spread on it like this? A bun me, right? Right. Like, <laughs> and so when you're seeing the global connections and relationships, you just can't be disconnected off into, well, again, what America does with this American exceptionalism of black culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so last thing I, I would say, one thing I've been interested in recently after, before traveling there, but especially after, is uh, London black culture. Right. And I think London is an interesting place because, again, it, it 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 has a large and substantive black population in Britain across the board, not just London, because I've come to learn just just like America is almost being like that only black people live in New York. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's what sometimes I think how it's treated. Like, oh, yeah, there's black people in like London. Like, no, it's black people in Manchester. It's black people in Liverpool. It's black people in Scotland, right? Like it's mm-hmm. black people in Ireland. It's black people everywhere, <laughs> like in the yeah. UK. But again, their experience is is all is also fundamentally different in that they didn't largely get there. Although there have been some people there, obviously since um, uh, the era of, it, of of enslavement and that kind of global trade. But also, they a lot of them got there through the Windrush generation, which is literally like the forties and thirties, right? Uh, the Windrush generation was the folks that came across to work and stuff like that, and millions of folks then just kind of was sent into the different um, industrial centers of England, and mm. you know, and and then there's even stuff that like goes back to like those folks never actually having being citizens. There's a lot of interesting stuff about the Windrush generation in, in Black British culture, but I bring that up because again. Black British culture evolved with many similarities to a Black American culture, but also differences, right? Mm -hmm. Like their stuff was more, I think, you know, was more specifically from the diasporas of the islands, right? In in, in the kind of quote unquote, you know, British empire. So you saw a lot of people from from continent of Africa, um, you know, obviously a lot of folks from the islands and developed things. And, you know, they took on hip hop in in a unique way, right? And then did something else with it, even if you look at how they took on uh, the idea of lover's rock reggae, right? Lover's rock reggae is a specific British reggae. Like, it it was was done other places, but it started in Britain. But it started as their take on American R&B. Like, that's how how lover's rock started. It was, we want to sing these songs, we want to sing them to, to, to slower reggae sounds. And then that's where you get like red wine and UB40 and all of that. That's actually specific takeoffs of Lover's Rock in British culture. So I'm, you know, just for some context for this. But when you're there and you see kind of like black culture there, which has a lot of influences from America, but also the challenge of these very two, these two powerful forms of engagement, which I was telling you about, which is like, white British culture and then black American culture because because black American culture has been the best at being packaged and sent to the world it also tends to come in and be very imperialistic in its own way um we used to see it in Canada right and the term I realized it was was nigga imperialism (laughs) right Mm -hmm. so as you get you're like okay wait so now y'all had your own thing doing your own thing, but now everything is about rap city and like, you know, 
gang culture and like you know what i'm saying just like american culture and so you miss the global senses of blackness because american culture is being presented and so then even for black brits it's like you have to be seen through this lens of is it like black american culture and it's like no it's black british culture obviously it has some influence from, from black american culture but it's not black american culture it's black british culture so stormzy um in a, in a gq recently talks about that idea of like black British culture getting its own due and being seen as unique unto itself. Mm. Right. And not having to be defined by white British culture or black American culture from a musical context or reading context to truly be understood. Right. And so, you know, um, as we understand, I think, look at global blackness and while it's, it's all good and right to have a specific um, American, you know, like an American context of blackness, because that's where you may be from. Um, it's also important to to blend it with this like global idea of culture. And although you won't hear me say this a lot of the times, I think Drake is to actually be celebrated for that in his own weird way, because mm-hmm. he kind of filters in and out of like black American culture, right? Yeah. Black British culture, Black Canadian culture, and then a larger West, like a West Indian culture, even though he's not actually West Indian. You see what I'm saying? But in yeah. Canada, even though you're not West Indian, it doesn't That's matter. Just, you're Black, and yeah. so you're going to be exposed to quote-unquote West Indian culture in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's an interesting thing it brings up, too, because it, it becomes, you know, which, which is sort of the hallmark of sort of institutionalized or, you know, I don't know, maybe it might not be the right word or totally applicable, but sort of the way, you know, if the institution that gets to tell the dominant, the most prolific message frames you through a certain lens, then that lens becomes a lens you got to keep wrestling with. <laughs> right? So, you know, uh, it's like um, it's it's like, and I would say this actually as someone from New Jersey, where folks' context for New Jersey is is usually sort of it's basically most people don't have a black context for New Jersey, so they think of New Jersey and they think of New York, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so then you be like, no, I'm from New Jersey though, and they'd be like, nah. So y'all like you know, and it's like, no, I'm 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 not from New York, like I'm not you know, and then especially where I'm from, where I'm like. I'm actually more culturally aligned with what you would see out of Philadelphia, <laughs> right? And then right. you would have people that would be like, well, how well, how does that happen? Is black people over there? I'm like, yes, there's hundreds of thousands of us. <laughs> it's like cold right. communities of black people all across that state, right? But it doesn't have a, you know, now, you know, some people would say, like, maybe now it does, but it, but externally to the world, you know, you you grow up in a space where you you're next to these other two places that are resonating so sort of ideas out into the world and you just have to learn how to have your own identity and also understand that part of you is is tied in with that right that you find similarities and you understand those places um but that people may not really know your name so to speak and and i think that you know sort of like on a kind of interpersonal community level but then on the external community level when others are evaluating you you know if you from if you're from the northeast you know, in, unless you're from Boston, which is a whole New England's a whole other thing. But if you're from the Northeast, it's like, oh, you're from the Northeast. Y'all, oh, the, the gritty streets of the Northeast. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, ah, right. you know what I'm saying? Or you, you're from the Midwest. You know what I'm saying? It becomes this other thing. 
but it also ultimately gets into a thing that people don't really know the details, right? They're not actually looking to get the threads. And when what we always have to think about is there's what people assume about you when you show up based on how you look. You know what I mean? As we talked about, you spoke on earlier that the social construct becomes a con- becomes real when people start making decisions about you right. because of how you look, right? And, and, and expectations and assumptions. And so you have sometimes, depending on people's own tone of life, where they spend their whole life, you know, try, trying to argue to be seen as just themselves. And and I understand that, right? You know, sort of like, you know what I mean, when you know, we say about your man OJ, like, I did, he just wanted to be OJ and shit. Like, right. he didn't want to be dude from the projects uh, in, in San Francisco. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to just be him. And it's like, you know, amid OJ's other problems, you know, just for the record, you know what I mean, like, take that. I don't know, some other kind of way. Um, you know, what the reality that life is, and especially for us, is, at least as I see it, you either have to decide, I'm going to embrace that I have my own perception of myself and I have my own sense of self that I have developed and rooted and, and, and grown and nurtured over my years of life. And then I have all the things people may assume about me when I walk in the room based on how I present. And I can choose to be, and then I will, for me, I I look at it as I have the opportunity to take where you might think something silly, (laughs) right? And therefore take me lightly. You know, I use that as an advantage. Other things I may have to overcome, you know, where you might also think I'm silly, but, you know, not give me an opportunity. So I need to, you know, I need to confront that. I got to figure out how do I navigate around that? Um, you know, I guess what I'm saying is I, I try to take a proactive position on it, right? That, you know, there's places that when I show up because of my skin tone, um, you know, as, as I understand to see folks may go, oh, like, oh, he might, like, like I said, it happens here. Oh, he must be mixed. I'm like, no, no, not in no, not in the last 112, 115 years, as I could tell. Um, however, <laughs> right. I dig it. You know what I'm saying? I, I see where you're coming from, right? Because your context of a black person that comes in this skin tone here is they must recently be the descendant of somebody who just was in, you know, a relationship across, you know, certain you know racial constructs, right? Uh, where on the hmm. other hand, the uh, if I show up and it's like, oh, well, your accent is confusing. Like, sounds like you're from here. And then I'm like, well, I'm from New Jersey. You know what I'm saying? Like, I. I I, because of however I talk, every once in a while, I sound a little bit like I'm from down, I'm from the South. And then other times, like certain stuff come out and it sounds more, you know, New Jersey and more North Jersey specifically. Right. I, you know, I, I don't have full control of what, how that, why that happens. I don't totally know and understand why, why that is. But those are the contexts that I've learned to be aware of. And I think that when you get into like, there's a comfortability that one has to have when you unmoor from the thing that like a whole lot of other people already agree on. Right. So like if you're like, Oh yeah, we black, we do this. We eat this kind of food. We, we like our music this way. Our family's got these things going on. And then, then you'd be like, yeah, that's cool. But I ain't really into none of that shit. Right. <laughs> and then it, but people look at you like, what? wait a minute. Well, if you ain't into it and you look like me, do I got to change too? I'm like, not nah, really. That's your business. I'm just telling you, I ain't into none of that. <laughs> right. Like I'm over here doing, I'm doing this other thing, and then and then to go, then where you can go, like actually, there's a whole lot of other people that look like us that's also into this other thing. You know what I'm saying? You you know, we just on different threads. Yeah, and it, it, I think it's very difficult, and I think 
uh, depending on how much of the global culture you're taking in and and then what you do for folks to to stand on that island you know to a degree and go like nah man we we move this way and and, and then i see myself you know in these contexts no for sure man for sure so i i, I would kind of transition out of this by saying you know folks in america for for you know for those of us and you know we 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 do have a unique experience globally but we don't have the only experience globally right we 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 are part of a larger diaspora that takes on a lot of different forms and the mixings and the transition the fusions that even have happened to us here have had us do that with many different things so it's just important to understand global global blackness and to also like you know, and, and it sounds, it, it's horrible that this appears to be the province of whiteness to say this, but get into some other sports. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, get into some other sports. Like, you know, I, I'll just, it's important to note that um, I learned to play tennis at an early age. My father learned to play tennis at, a, at in his 20s. And that was a sport that was given to me from a really early age. Um and now, because of the advent of Serena Williams and Venus, Serena and Venus, no one thinks tennis is a white sport. But you and I both know that there's history going back 100 years of Black people playing tennis in America. Mm-hmm. But up mm-hmm. until a certain point of time, if you told someone you played tennis, they still thought you were playing a white sport. Mm-hmm. Right? And so race in America and, and the, the crushing kind of like cultural oppression is so deep that you'd be like, yo, won't you check out soccer, man? Soccer's for white people. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, I, can't, I can't believe it. it is literally the easiest sport to play on the planet other than running. <laughs> it's just a ball in your feet. You know what I mean? And you look at folks globally and who's doing it. And it, I just think it exposes you, you know, and this doesn't have to be that. It's other, obviously, other sports, but I just think you know, we we kind of get into this space of accepting these parameters um, and even in some senses inadvertently defending the wrong parameters of blackness hmm. as seen as, you know, kind of propagated in America. Indeed, indeed. So, well, only thing I'd add just maybe to close my thought on this too is, I mean, I really think that um, for our well-being in the long term, um, and even to get perspective on what happens to us here is is is, is, is I just would challenge people to to take take the time to one day just sort of sort of reframe you know if you got like a map like turn the map upside down right instead of the way you maybe normally like put the south so it's pointing up and the north's pointing down no the words are going to be funny but that's okay and then you know put a little like a maybe a little some, like some rulers something to block out the land right. You know, wherever you come from, just just turn, change the angle, and then think about what your world is and what your life is um, based on some of your own choices, right? And kind of uh, explore the idea that if that America and the United States is a, is a country that you live in, that you may be a citizen of if you were born here um, or moved here, naturalized in some way. However that that nation does not define everything that you can be connected to or part to. It's just, it's just one piece, right? It's one part. It's, it's, 
in the it could be these other things. And just like, you know, play with that idea. So sit with that idea that like people in, you know, you know, randomly pick one on the map. Then people may not be as far from you and as you think and say, well, how could I find a way to connect myself with that land? Right. And then to look at your family, look at your, your what you're into musically, culturally, uh, you know, where your products come from, the food you eat, and just start drawing some lines. And then and, and just make that a practice just to start to visualize, you know, connections that define you in a different way. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to shape nobody's outcome for them. I just want people to embrace the idea that you can you can re you can you need to sometimes really physically make a picture <laughs> of what it is you say you are and what you're connected to. And, you know, you know, you know let me know how that exercise goes for you. <laughs> um <sighs> So um, with that, I wanted to, you know, just to close out our time. Um, in the recent days prior to this recording, um, a great, great brother of ours, um, this one meant, um, you know, was a big part of my R and, you know, I'm speaking for myself and my uh, development as a man and as, as, a, as, as a person on earth, um, you know what I mean, as God. Uh, I had uh, returned, and I just wanted, you know, to the degree that I feel he would want, just make a little space to say peace and thank you, and and express my admiration and gratitude for what he added to my life. Yeah, nah, man. Um, you know, uh, we know that you know when a, when a person comes here to manifest the nature of 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 their their own greatness and their own you know uh, self divinity that they don't leave in a common sense that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. their ideas and their perspectives and their visions and the impacts they've had on the planet remain so they don't die in that traditional sense so we know that um, you know just to add on to what you're saying but at the same time. One things you know uh, with our brother, I add if nothing else, you know I add that you right where he stood, he let you know right where he was from the from the break, you know. Um, but he fundamentally um, exercised love and 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 honor and appreciation and values, man. That um, you know, I'm not one of them people that's going to say, oh man, you know. Look at the old days and all the and all the good people are, are returning to the essence. What I'm gonna say is that if you, you know, as people often say, but it's very real. Like when you got people that you love and you cherish them. Now, one of the things that you know, anytime I stop, you know, I would call a God or God would call me. You know, we didn't the phone call. I love you, God. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and that was just to make sure that um, that that was known and that that was there. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, it's a huge loss for for the entire nation. It's a huge loss for uh, for for DC in particular. You know, what I'm saying the brothers and sisters down in DC in that area, but also just across the country, across the world, of all the people that he impacted. You know what I mean? And um, you know uh, what he would say physically. You know, if he if he would say, "Keep building and don't stop," right? And don't. So you know, mm-hmm. just uh. The thing is, you you know, when you have an idea you're dedicated to, you got to keep keep pushing the idea. So, with that, I say peace. Indeed. So, with that, um, 
yeah, we out. Same bedtime, same bad place. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. Thank you to you, the listener, for supporting and uh, making time for us to be a part of your world. Please listen, rate, subscribe, and share wherever you, you know, make your thing happen on the internet. Uh, you can support Ash Oldhead Podcast, Good Brothers, and all our future works and projects via Patreon. Just look for Ash Oldhead and become a subscriber. Every little bit contributes to keeping this here thing uh, running and afloat. And I appreciate it. You can also you know, do what I think is the, the simplest thing, which is, man, just listen to the show. Listen every week. You know, if you want to get some feedback, you can hit us on Instagram. You can shoot a message to me on Twitter. You can leave a phone number. There's a phone number in the show notes. You can leave a voice message. You know what I'm saying? Leave a message if you want one. In any event, man, appreciate you. Be safe. See the world and see the bigger picture. You know, and don't let these uh, fake borders hold you back from connecting to the reality and the human experience. And with that, I say peace.